0: Alhamdulillah, Nahmedu, and Astarino, who and Astafiro, when I Ruzubilah, Shururi and Fusina, women say ati Armadina. May yeh dehila, who feller mudilla, where may had the ala, where a illallah, who are the Hula Sharikala, Wa a anna muhammadan Abduhu wa Rasulu, Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ya had ladina Amen and Takulaha haka to Kati, he will illa wa and to Muslimun. يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا اتَّقُوا اللَّهُ lakum قَوْلًا سَدِيدًا يُصْلِحْ لَكُمْ أَعْمَالَكُمْ وَيَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ ذُنُوبَكُمْ وَمَنْ يُطِعِ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ فَقَدْ فَازَ فَوْزًا عَظِيمًا In a beautiful hadith, the Prophet, he mentioned three points of advice, sallallahu الله عليه وسلم. And if we were to think about each of these points individually, there would be a lot of benefit that we can take from them. And there's even more benefit when we look at the three of these comprehensively in connection with one another. And we ask Allah to help us to benefit tremendously, not just from this hadith from the Prophet ﷺ, but from his teachings overall and to help us to try our best to live them. We don't just want to learn them. We want to live them as best we can. salihat. May Allah make all of us from among them. The first point the Prophet mentioned ﷺ is to be mindful of Allah, to have taqwa of Allah Azza wa Jal, wherever you find yourself. To be mindful of Allah in any and every situation. Does this mean perfection? No, it doesn't mean perfection for any of us. That's not necessarily the point. The point is where are we at in our relationship with Allah? How is our taqwa doing on an individual level? And then how can I slowly but surely work on that relationship with my creator round the clock? So if someone looks out, you know, their average day, what are they doing during the daytime and why are they doing it? And then at nighttime, what are they doing and why are they doing it? So for there to be this type of introspection, to look inwardly and to reflect and to think, how am I going about my time and am I doing things that are pleasing to Allah Azza wa or am I doing other than that? The point is not perfection. That's impossible for any of us. Perfection belongs to Allah alone. However, what the Prophet is advising us is to set the bar here and then to try our best to strive for it, right? To, to do what we can and to, to put in the effort to continuously grow in our relationship with Allah Azza wa Allah tells us at the, at the end of Surah, at taghabun Have taqwa as much as you can. So try your best. This is what Allah Himself is telling us in this ayah. Do what you can. Everyone has their own challenges, everyone also has their own blessings, people have different strengths and weaknesses, and the Prophet put things in perspective perfectly Sallallahu alaihi when he said that every son of Adam, every child of Adam makes mistakes, and the best from those who make mistakes are those who fix them. So he's putting things in perspective for us that even if and when we try our best 24-7, we're still going to slip and fall. So what the, what the Prophet is advising us is, try your best as often as you can. Remember Allah in every situation, wherever you find yourself. If you're at the grocery store, how can I be at the grocery store in a way that's pleasing to Allah? Am I buying things that are pleasing to Allah? Am I treating people courteously in ways that are pleasing to Allah? Right, if somebody is at work. How are, they, how are they interacting with people? How are they treating people at work if someone is at school? How are they going about their business at school? Are they using all kinds of foul language that they would never use in front of their parents, but then they're comfortable you know, talking in that way with their friends at school? Remember Allah. Right? So what the Prophet is telling us is, whatever, whatever your situation is, wherever you are in life, make Allah priority number one as best you can. And then in the second point, uh, again, so point number one, it, it sounds like a very lofty measure. It sounds like, you know, that, that benchmark, that yardstick is, is, it can be a bit intimidating to remember Allah all the time, to, you know, to be on my toes for the sake of Allah all the time, to remember Allah, you know, in every circumstance. That sounds good, but at the same time, everyone has their struggles. And the struggle is real for everyone, especially for the youth specifically. So, what's the second point that the Prophet mentioned in this beautiful hadith? And follow up a bad deed with a good deed, it'll wipe it out. So, this helps us to process things a bit more. This adds another, another ingredient to the equation, another ingredient to the formula. Okay, so ideally, I want to remember Allah as often as I can. And then, if and when I make mistakes, what is the Prophet advising me to fix them? not to fix them 50 years later. Can that be done? Perhaps, theoretically, sure. Should we wait 50 years? No, because we don't know if we're going to live to see the end of today, much less tomorrow. So what we should reflect, uh, the way that we should reflect on on this part of the hadith is when the Prophet is saying, replace a bad deed with a good deed, it'll wipe it out. We need to understand some things about this concept. Option number one, to avoid the mistake in the first place. right, let's say somebody... Their their parents are very easygoing and you know they don't really get mad if they spill milk they may not get that mad if they accidentally you know drop their 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 cup and it gets damaged or you know they may accidentally snag you know this shirt or that blanket or you know these things they happen around the house life is life it is what it is so let's say this this person this child they know that that's how their parents are they're very easygoing generally speaking But if there's this one thing, if there's this one special, specific rug that has been handed down generation after generation, if there's one place you don't spill milk in the whole house, you don't spill it there. If there's one thing you don't mess up in the whole house, it's that one thing. They probably couldn't care less about all kinds of other things. But for that specific thing, you have to be extra, extra, extra careful. So option one, you don't want to spill any milk on that specific rug. On that specific thing in that specific place. Ideally ever. Now, for other things, it may not matter as much. But for that specific thing, okay, I need, I need to be very mindful about that. Option one, you avoid it. Now, let's say, accidentally, someone even then, they tried their best all the time to not spill milk on that rug. Let's say, totally accidentally, not purposefully, They're not going and taking advantage of their parents' kindness and forgiveness and mercy. And, you know, they overlooked that one t-shirt that I ripped and that other pair of pants that I stained. And, you know, this pair of shoes that they were new. They were new white Air Force Ones. And I got them dirty the first day of school. And, you know, I brought them home and they were scuffed. And they weren't, you know, that wasn't really that big of a deal. But for this specific thing, I know they really care about that. Option one, don't spill anything. Now, let's say something accidentally does spill. Should you wait? until you know mom gets home and then you say mom you know i'm so sorry i spilled this can you go and clean it up for me of course not of course not what what's that person going to do let's say they're like 15 they accidentally spill some milk what are they going to do they're going to clean it up asap they want it to look like nothing was ever there they want any traces of that mistake to be completely erased what's the secret to that what's the best way of going about that to do so as soon as possible. So option one, to not make the mistake. Option two, if the mistake happens, to clean it up ASAP. The same thing applies to our heart and our Creator. Option one, we try to avoid mistakes as best we can. Even then, we stumble and we fall. Even then, we make mistakes. Now what should we do when those mistakes happen? We fix them right away. We make istifad right away. If we wrong a person, we fix it right away. We don't don't let it... You know, we don't let things lag. We don't want things to to fester and to get worse and worse over time. What happens if you leave that milk on that rug? Right? It's going to start to look worse. It's going to start to smell worse. It's going to damage the overall quality of that special thing. Not necessarily because mom and dad plan on reselling it. It's too priceless to do that. But because they don't want that special thing to be damaged. Our hearts are far more valuable than any rug, whether it's a Persian rug or elsewhere. al qalb. The Prophet taught us the most important part of the human being is their heart. So this guidance from the Prophet directly ties in with our heart. Remember Allah, be mindful of Allah wherever you find yourself, in any and every situation. What did the Prophet teach us? Where is taqwa stored? So think of taqwa as gold, and what what where do you, where do you store that gold? You don't just leave it out. You need it to be in a safe. So think of the heart as being worth more than gold and then the chest is the safe. Even when it's in the safe, you don't just want to leave it open. You want it to be closed, you want it to be secure. So when Allah tells us in Surah an nas Allah mentioned the chest. Allah didn't mention the heart, shayateen. They don't have access to the heart of the person. At most, what they can try to do is to put ideas into the chest of the person, but then it's up to the person to accept the idea into their heart. At most, there's still that distance, but then it's up to us to either accept the whisper or to reject it, to accept the idea or to turn away from it. The Prophet is teaching us, be mindful of Allah." in any and every situation, ideally. Now, what he knows how we are. And then what happens if and when we slip? Fix it right away, and it'll erase it. If you have a kid who's taking an exam, let's say they're in fifth grade, they're going through the exam, it's multiple choice, there are 20 questions. And they're a good student, mashallah. They study, they dot their I's and cross their T's. They, They really, really try with Ihsan to do their best when it comes to their schoolwork. They really want to make mom and dad proud. So they're studying on their own, even without their parents reminding them. They're preparing for that test. They're doing their homework before they're even reminded. They're really on top of their game. So let's say they show up on test day. They're taking that test. And they go through those 20 questions and they they circle their answers as best they can, as sincerely as they can. Now, what do you think a good student is going to do after they finish filling out their answers? Are they just going to go and, and hastily go to the front of the class and turn in their test? No. What are they going to do? Muraqabah, muhasabah. Afterwards, they're going to go back and review just to make sure. This is like at the end of the day before going to sleep, you do some adhkar. You do some istighfar, You ask Allah for forgiveness over and over, reflecting on your day, is there anything that I need to fix between me and Allah? Is there anyone that I need to apologize to between me and the creation? Because there's both the vertical and the horizontal. We don't want to be people who show up on Yawm Al-Qiyamah with a bunch of good deeds, but then we end up bankrupt because we wronged this person, that person in this way, that way or the other. Right? The Prophet consistently teaches us the importance of balance. And that includes in this hadith sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. What is priority number one? Your relationship with Allah. And one is what is one of the key signs of that, of taqwa? A key sign of taqwa is tawbah, is to seek forgiveness from Allah. In, in, in this part of Surah Taraq, Allah mentions that whoever has taqwa of Allah, Allah will give them a way out and will provide for them from places they would not expect. What's mentioned here is taqwa. In a hadith from the Prophet, he said that whoever you know, is adamant in their istighfar, They're consistent in their istighfar, then something similar happens. Allah will give them a way out of their worries. Allah will give them ways out of their difficulties and will provide for them from places they would not expect. There's a similar pattern. Taqwa, ways out of your difficulties, Allah provides. Istighfar, ways out of your difficulties, Allah provides. There's a direct connection here. Taqwa and istighfar are deeply embedded. They're interwoven. You cannot have one without the other. If a person Thinks of themselves as a person of taqwa, but then they're not willing to make istighfar and to right wrongs between them and Allah. They have to work on their taqwa. If they're not willing to apologize to people and fix those wrongs in this life, then they're going to end up being fixed in the next life. That's one. And two, how can they truly be a person of taqwa? What the Prophet is teaching us is to live our taqwa. So, the, the point number one is the broadest umbrella have taqwa wherever you find yourself, work, school, etc the store, you're driving, whatever it may be. Taqwa is the umbrella. And then under that you have points two and three. Point number two, istighfar, tawbah, righting our wrongs, fixing our mistakes. So that student, after they finish their answers, what's the good student going to do? They're going to go back and review just to make sure. Because they care so much about it. The more the student cares, the more they're going to, the more likely it is for them to go back and review, just to make sure because they want to avoid mistakes as much as possible. They're not going to go and answer something wrong on purpose, even then mistakes may happen. Let's say they're going through, they're reviewing it, they get to question number five, and they're going over their answers and they think that, you know, for this one, I I circled B, but now that I'm going over the question again and the answers, I'm going to erase it, Right. I want to replace what I think is that wrong answer with the right answer. I don't think it's B anymore. Let me fix it, let me erase it, i.e. tawbah, let me circle C. I think that's the right answer. As sincerely as I can, this is the best answer that I can come to. This is my conclusion sincerely as best I can. So then they fix their mistake. And then they turn it in and inshallah they get, they get that hundred. In the example with the teacher, we ask Allah to give all of us hundreds with Allah Azza In order for that to happen, we have to take these ideas and put them into practice as best we can. We ask Allah to make us people of taqwa and people of tawbah. i Point number one of the three points in this hadith from the Prophet Point number one, be mindful of Allah wherever you find yourself Point number two, and if you make a mistake, replace it with a good deed, it'll wipe it out The right answer will wipe out the wrong answer The reality is we all make mistakes, so the Prophet is giving us practical remedies. He didn't say, be perfect or else, no, try your best, okay, now what happens if I make a mistake? I need need to know what to do. What do I do if I fall down? The Prophet is teaching us, get back up and try your best. In order for that to happen, a person has to have the right friends around them, and the person has to be plugged into a healthy, compassionate community. That'll help them to, 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 to get back up even after they stumble. Everybody stumbles. But how do we react after we stumble? No one's going to stumble on purpose. No one is going to go and trip on purpose. But if that happens, ideally a person would, would you know, pick themselves back up from their bootstraps, as the saying goes. Okay, but what if someone, they find that too difficult? What if they need that support? We all need support. We have to have the right people around us. If we fall down, they lend us a hand. And they help us to get back up. We ask Allah to surround all of us with good friends, especially to surround our youth with good friends. What's the third point? And to treat people with good character. Because if a person, if they pray and they fast and they, they do all of these good things, that's very good. But if a person has bad character with people, if a person takes the rights of other people, all of that goes to naught. All of that ends up being deleted because of their own wrongdoings. The hadith of bankruptcy in which the Prophet clearly warned us, look at everything the Prophet mentions in that. The person, they show up on, on the Day of Judgment and they have good deeds. It's not like they never did good, they did good. They may have done a lot of good. But then what does the Prophet specify? They wrong this person and that person in this way and that way. Everything the Prophet mentions is people taking the rights of other people. And then eventually, because on that day there's no such thing as money, the currency is your, is your deeds. So in order to fix that social debt, you have to give them from your good deeds. So the person, they give away all of their good deeds to the point they end up bankrupt. And then on top of that, if they still owe other people, they have nothing good left to give. They inherit their bad deeds and then they're dragged and they're thrown in the fire. We ask Allah to protect us from that. They did good, but they undid their good with other things that were, that were not good. With other things that were bad. So they it's like they tied a knot, then they untied it themselves. At the end of the day, you have no knot. When you look at that the, the al-Nahl, this is one of the reflections we can take from it. Don't, you know, don't weave something, don't tie a knot, and then you untie it yourself. Right? We don't want to destroy our good deeds with our own hands. We ask Allah to protect us from that. Right, I'll conclude with this example. The Prophet, some Sahaba mentioned to the Prophet ﷺ the example of a woman who she prayed and she prayed extra. She fasted and she fasted extra. But she had a harsh tongue with her neighbor, the Prophet, Rahmatin Alamin, mercy to mankind and all of creation. Said there's no good in her, she's going to the fire. But she prays, but she fasts and extra and qiyam and qiyam. If there's no character, if there's no وَخَالَقِ النَّاسَ in hasan, then everything is deleted. You have a cup, it's a fancy cup. If you have a hole at the bottom, you could put all the zamzam you want. It all comes out. Factually speaking, that's what it is. And then the Prophet was given another example of a lady. She did the bare minimum for her prayer. She prayed her five and she fasted her Ramadan. Nothing extra, just the basics. But she was kind to her neighbor. The Prophet says she's from the people of Jannah. What's the difference? One had balance and one didn't. One had both the vertical and the horizontal. The other one had a whole lot of vertical, but if there's no horizontal, then... It's not calibrated. It's not balanced. We ask Allah for balance. We ask Allah to guide us and forgive us. We ask Allah to make all of us people of taqwa as best we can. We ask Allah to make us people of tawbah. We ask Allah to forgive all of our mistakes and to help us to replace our bad deeds with good deeds and for the bad deeds to all be wiped out. We ask Allah for that for all of us and our loved ones. And we ask Allah to grant us good character. We ask Allah for that balance that the Prophet encouraged us to have. يعيذكم لعلكم تذكرون وأرحمة الصلاة